can hear myself. Whoa, whoa. Origins and adaptations. adaptations. My name is Andrew. And I'm Cody. And this is episode 68. Wow. What, what? Crazy. We're almost to 70. We're almost to 70. Mm-hmm. As the Time summer flies. comes to a, uh, yeah, as, as the summer comes to a close, I was thinking we would be a little farther along or further along. But uh 70 actually feels like it's a pretty big number to approach. Well, yeah, I mean we took it's like been a long time coming. Two months off, so yeah. that's why it affected it. We'd be probably closer to 80. We'd probably be closer to a lot more than that had we never taken all those other all ones. All those other breaks? We'd probably, yeah. I all mean, those other breaks. All those other breaks. Let's see. 2015 is when we started. It's 2018. We clo- If we never took a week off, if we never, if we did every single week, if we were the best mm-hmm. of the best, we'd have over 160 episodes. Gosh. Or... We'd be at 156. 52 weeks in a in Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. But we don't. But we don't. We're and human. That's fine. We're normal. We're flawed. We're human. Uh, and so we are not dancer. Uh, <laughs> okay, Brandon Flowers. Yeah. <laughs> I made that reference My today. My is vital. Uh, so yeah, let's just get right into it. Um... Starting with the news. That's John Cena. Uh, (laughs) Ruby Rose uh, is going to play Batwoman in the CW universe. Do you know who Ruby Rose is? I don't really know much about her. Uh, She is... You you saw John Wick too, right? Or did you just see the first one? I've only seen the first John Wick. Okay. She's not in the first one? No, she's in the second one. And she's in a couple of other things. She's... Her biggest thing is that she is a uh she is a part of the LGBTQ RSTUV community. I did not mean to just make that joke. But uh <laughs> I'm so sorry. I to everyone listening right now, that was kind of offensive and I apologize. Uh no, but she is a part of that community. Uh she herself, I believe, is a lesbian, but then she also has, uh, she's gender fluid. So I have read many articles where she talks about that some days she wakes up and feels like a petite woman, and then other days she wakes up and feels like a burly man. Um, hmm. So out of anyone to play Batwoman on the CW, this kind of makes sense. I guess it does make sense if you're trying to find someone to play that character. Yeah. Uh, for those who do not know, Batwoman is a lesbian in the comics, uh, and she's been a lesbian since, like, the 90s. Is Batwoman a vegan? Because Ruby Rose is vegan, too. I don't... I was hoping to get a laugh from you there. I failed. I'm sorry. I, I don't think so. Well, you got, like, the analytical part of me coming out, and now I'm just like, is she? 
Uh, I know she's this very because thin. I'm Googling this she's as we're talking. Fit. Uh, she might not eat meat, but she was raised in the military. I know that. I don't, I, mm. I think I think Batwoman is a carnivore, uh, or omnivore, where she eats both. But right, because we're not T Rexes. Correct. <laughs> Those are the on- only carnivores. Uh, she stated that modeling led her to discover androgyny mm-hmm. and allowed her to model with different gender expressions. She's been called Justin Bieber a couple of times. Like she has, she has that kind of. I mean, it's hair. really hard to debate people who say that. Besides yeah. it being an insult, but I mean, she looks. Jeez. My thing is, I think she looks gorgeous. All the like, time. Well, in some the, of these photos are rough. The, some the, are good. In the stuff that I've seen. Well, yeah, if you're looking at paparazzi photos, <laughs> like they're going to get, they're going to get the rough side of everyone. No, I'm talking about even some of her looks and some of the photos isn't oh. really my style. Like she, she definitely is pretty. There's photos where she's making herself look in more mannish, more mannish and unattractive to someone with my taste. Yeah, but uh, so yeah, that's. Pretty big. I, I have was, never. I don't think I've ever looked at her before. I've. I don't think I've really? ever seen her in, in anything. I don't. Maybe. You know what? I. I can say before John Wick two, I had never seen her in anything. I know yeah. that she was in de- like one of the death races. I want to say. Before we move on, I actually do want to look at her filmography and see if there's anything that I have ever might seen. recognize. Yeah, that I might recognize her from. Well. When this was announced, I was actually kind of excited because I was like, "Oh, they're going to do a Batwoman movie uh, in the in the DC universe. Mm. That would be kind of cool." Uh, and then shortly, it was followed with the CW universe, and it just destroyed all hopes and excitement that I had for it. And I went, "Okay, so something I'm never going to watch." <laughs> uh, I just, I cannot get back into those shows, especially after the Netflix shows. Mm. Uh, even to me, I would watch the first season of Iron Fist over before watching any of the CW shows. And that was a rough season. That was, like, I didn't finish it. I had a synopsis. Are you including, the like, episodes. the first two seasons of The Flash? Maybe not the second season of The Flash. Wait. Which one had Linda Park? I thought she was in... That was the second season. The first and second season. She's she's in the first season, isn't she? But she, I don't think so. They don't date. Well, their their first interaction is dating, remember? She's the one that's like, I got this app. Oh, you're right. I think that's the second season. I if don't so, know. If I, so, thought she, I thought she was in the first season. If so, if it's the first season... uh. I don't know. Like it's been so long since either of us. There are moments. It. There are moments of the first season that I would watch again, but as a whole, it's just so hard to go back and watch those episodes, with like the whole Iris stuff, and the whole drama, and it's just like, man, why can't you just live a normal life and be a normal person, and everyone else be around you, be normal people? The first six episodes are a little repetitive with the. Same type of villain yeah. phasing in and out, or yeah, like yeah. a different. It's the monster of the week kind yeah, of. Yeah, monster of the yeah. week villain. Yeah, 
it, it's just a little bit like, okay, can you please find it a, a rhythm? Mm-hmm. It took them a long time to find um, uh, and then they're a like, cannon. This is, this is like Trickster Junior. But by the time like, they found yeah. like a cannon, like you know, a set story, yeah, they they I don't know, they kind of messed things up. And and e- it went, it came and went, like by the end of the second season, you had so the end of the first season was Flash going back to save his mom, mm-hmm. and then for those who have not watched this, that's a spoiler, I guess. Uh, watch the first season of Flash if you want to. We're spoiling it now. Uh, he goes back and s- tries to save his mom, realizes if he does, he messes up everything. So he has to let his mom die. Mm-hmm. And he watches himself do that. Uh, I liked that aspect of which it, was, seeing it. Which was fine. Seeing like, him see it. Yeah, that was good. And then the end of the second season is him doing the same thing, except actually doing it this time and causing Flashpoint. And I was like, that's really early, really early to cause Flashpoint. And not only that, but there are two people in this universe, Green Arrow and Flash. Mm-hmm. So the only people you're affecting on are regular people that have no, they have no, like, effect on anything. The reason it was so huge in the comics is because it was going to cause the end of the world with radically changing who Wonder Woman and Aquaman were. And so you caused a giant war between land and sea, which was going to ravage and destroy the entire world. In this, it's freaking Iris has a bad relationship with her dad, and that's the bad thing. Yeah. I had to stop. I had to stop, Cody. That's when I was like, Okay. There are times when I want to give the third season a try, start up, and just say, like, well, let's see where this goes, even though it doesn't look too good. Let's just see. <laughs> but I don't know. And then life, you, mainly it's for, life mainly catches it's for, you, and you're like, I don't need to. Mainly it's for Grant Gustin and then Cisco, who, whose name is escaping me, and then um, it's the name of the doctor... Who is also a skater? Oh, Harrison, Harrison Wells. Wells, yeah. who also is Eobard Thawne in the first season. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and the I, weird sexual tension between his daughter and him. Yeah. Yeah. I missed that. <laughs> you no. missed that. Well, I don't know. Didn't she take a hike after the second season, though? No, she comes back and she becomes Jesse Quick. She's in the third season? Mm hmm. Huh. I think she's like part of the crew now. I don't know. Like, I haven't watched it. I think they're going on to season five. So yeah, I know they. I know season four is finished. Part of me kind of wants to see if it goes any place good at all, but I don't really want to waste my evenings. I don't. Really, yeah, do you want to sit through all the episodes? Is what I'm saying. No, like, that's what. There's too many shows that I comes, know I'm going to like yeah, that I want to watch. It comes back to there are episodes that are good. Uh huh. There are story arcs that are good, and there are moments that are good, and there are actors that are good. But there's a lot. There is a lot that isn't. There are a lot of actors that are not good. There are a lot of characters who are not good. There's not a lot of episodes that are, there's a lot of episodes that aren't good. And there's a lot of stories that aren't good. And so it's just like, do I want to sit through all of this to experience something that at best is okay? Decent. And enjoyable? Where I know that I'm going to get the same but better or a better response out of the source material. Like, I will go back and reread Flash comics probably probably before I go and watch 
Flash again. Yeah. Uh, I would too. Now, we watch movies for you guys, so that way you guys can get our opinions on it. Uh, and that way we can either recommend it or not. But it's a one-time um, watch. But most of them are one-time watches. Like, I will rewatch movies that I think are enjoyable. And Oh, I rewatch the hell out of movies that I like. Yeah. I, but, I mean, I mean, when, 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 we report, when we report on these movies, I would say half of them we watch probably once or twice. Yeah. A and lot there's of- even MCU movies that I only watch once. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll probably watch again when I get Phase 3 and then watch them all over again. But, I mean, I... I think I watched all of Phase 2, but it was hard to get through Dark World. Uh, mm. But yeah, I mean, Phase 3 is going to be the biggest just because it has, I think it has the most movies out of all the phases. Did I tell um, you that I made up my mind for sure that I am going to sit down and watch Iron Man 3? <laughs> so, so here's why. <laughs> I want to be able to see that I've seen that many movies in one franchise. Yeah. Because I don't know if all Marvel fans have seen all Marvel movies. How do, I don't know. It is so weird I don't how, know how many people have not watched all the movies. Mm-hmm. It's and it I it's understandable. Like I get it. Like, God, can we can but, we talk about something real quick? Yeah, I mean that's what this is for. Ugh. I had a conversation with a coworker who was talking about how much better Black Panther was than Infinity War, and I wanted to be like you. Ugh. I was like no. And he, and of course, he went on, and he was telling me it had to do with all all the political stuff, all the social stuff. And it I'm doesn't like, make it a better detach movie. Detach that crap from the movie. And he and he goes, well, you know, the special effects are pretty good. And I was like, no. yeah, they were a thousand times better in in Infinity War. And there's some parts <laughs> in Black Panther where the CGI is downright lame. Yeah, it like looks like 2008. The last third. Yeah, it looks like 2008 in some of those scenes. Yeah, Infinity Wars looks like 2112. Just one more. It, but. What's yes. up? Infinity War. Just oh, about. you freaking semantic uh, idiot. It, it, <laughs> so many people do it. I have to correct. No, no, but, no, I have a job. I, no, but it was no in, in, in Infinity War, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. it, it looks amazing. Yeah. And I'm not saying Black Panther wasn't awesome, but to me, the level of uh stakes and how compelling the story is, I, Black Panther to me it was like watching any any good movie. Infinity War sucked me in yeah. in a way where it's like, oh gosh, this is a whole other level of epic for even a Marvel movie. Yes. Even, it ra- even it more raised than, the bar that was already raised. Yes. Even more than the other Avengers movies, even yeah. more than the, than the Cap sequels, which were huge mm-hmm. for me, yeah. which are basically Avengers movies. But I don't know. I was, I was so annoyed because he totally, and I, I'm sorry, I'm going to say it, he totally has his own moral you know convictions about you know things and he was he was just really i think i think he was just happy that the movie was successful and that he was you know really on board with the message yeah but that does not make it objectively a better movie correct so i i just i just had to say that and i was irritated and i was like bro what are you snorting (laughs) how like like seriously it's like throwing a piece of like cardboard into um like a Big Mac box, and then, you know, calling it a Big Mac, and and being, you're you're happy with it. Like that's it's like how how can you look at that and think this is this is the this real is thing? Better. Yeah, yeah. It's I like, wouldn't say cardboard. I would, <laughs> that, I would, that's that's you, that's really that's way over the yeah. top. That's I would unfair. say you that's throw unfair. like a quarter pounder. <laughs> you throw a quarter pounder, which is still good. You're right. It's like throwing a quarter pounder into a yeah. Big Mac box. Big Mac box, and then you open, you're like, 
and you open both and you go, well, this is objectively the better Big Mac. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Than this. Yeah. I'm probably going to piss off friends. Or a Big Mac because with one patty. I fear that after having said this, so if certain friends of mine hear this, they're going to think that I'm just hating on Black Panther. But you're not. You I'm, enjoyed it. I'm really not. I actually like that movie a lot. I just don't like that it's been months, and the only times that I ever think about it really are when other folks bring it up. Correct. I think about Infinity War every day. Yeah. I I think about how awesome Josh Brolin was as Thanos. Thanos. It was a good movie. It really was. It was a really good movie. Blew my mind. Loved it. So let's sucked, let's, let's move on. Sucked everything out of me. Uh, yeah, I mean, going back to just the Batwoman and CW, it's it's just that same kind of feeling of just you could have taken this character and given the, given it the same light that you gave Wonder Woman, mm-hmm. uh, and you put it on the CW. And that's, to me, it's just like the CW is the, okay, this this character is going to go off into obscu- obscurity. Mm-hmm. And it's why I'm annoyed that Justice League doesn't have Martian Manhunter, but freaking Supergirl does, because no one cares about the Supergirl show. Because no one cares about those shows. Except what, for, what kind of re- ratings and reviews is that show getting? I don't know, but it's Still on going, the CW. Right? Still it's on the CW now. And so it's a part of this universe. It's like the people that I have talked to who really, really enjoy that universe as a whole mm-hmm. uh, aren't comic book fans. The ones I talk to. Mm-hmm. There are probably comic book fans out there who actually do enjoy the shows. And I, will, I, will, I won't say that you're wrong or you can't enjoy these shows. I'm just saying... From my perspective and from my experience of watching the shows, and it's not like I've watched one or two episodes and been like, yep, I I don't like this. I watched four seasons of Arrow. I watched three, two seasons of Flash. I watched a seasons, a seasons, uh, a season of uh, Legends of Tomorrow. And I, afterwards, I think the last, the last time I even tried to watch anything was that second episode of Flash season three, and I was just done. Like, I can I can withstand a lot of terrible acting and a lot of terrible, like, drama-induced TV shows. Uh, that was hard to go through. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I'm not... Like, I'm excited for Ruby Rose to play this character. I'm excited for this character to actually go somewhere. What I'm disappointed and unexcited about is it's now on the CW because the CW is not good at creating TV shows. In my opinion, I want to apologize for the cardboard analogy. <laughs> that was just the first word that came into my head. Yeah, and it's totally unfair. I don't know why I said cardboard. Yeah, because cardboard—it's lame. Cardboard's lame, and, yeah. I, and I wasn't. Justice League is cardboard. Justice League is cardboard. Just, yeah. I, I, I really want to say this before moving on. We get, we get hate mail. Yeah, sounds good. <laughs> Just—it's not cardboard. Just to clear it up, it's not cardboard. Uh, Captain Marvel by Marvel will be the first Marvel movie not to be released on Netflix. Uh, so after, I think Netflix is losing its, it had signed a deal with Disney that Disney had to release all its movies on Netflix when they came out on DVD. And I think that 
that deal will be up in 2019. And so Disney is creating their own streaming service. And so the Marvel movies, Star Wars movies, Disney movies, Pixar movies, those will all go through the Disney streaming app. Um, yeah, just a little news on that. For those who always look forward to the movies coming out on Netflix, that will be ceasing after the Marvel movie, which actually means that the second Infinity War, the part two of Infinity War, will not be releasing on Netflix. Uh, so for those planning on that, I am sorry uh, to bring you this disappointment. Okay, next, this should be exciting for you and me, is that the Power Rangers sequel is in motion, is in development. Nice. I'm uh, excited about that. For those who do not know, this is Saban's Power Rangers, the one, the one that came out about two years ago. That was two years ago. Yeah, it was. Um, it was good. So it was with, with entertaining. Movie, it was. I would say that's a movie. That's a movie that I really liked. I yeah. thought it had a, a lot of flaws, but I didn't think it was garbage. Correct. It was just a good movie. It, it was. was it was fun. It was like The Breakfast Club meets, <laughs> uh, meets Power Rangers. Yeah, I didn't. I had didn't the, think, had the campiness of Power Rangers. I didn't think there was anything off-putting about it. Some people spoke out about it like it was this heinous piece of garbage, and I was like, it's really a decent movie. Yeah. I thought most of the special effects looked good, too. Mm-hmm. And I loved the way Elizabeth Banks looked. Yes. She, she was looked awesome. Yeah, she looked... It, it was weird how they managed to make her look attractive, but also gr- grotesque with her mouth yeah. and, and, like, those the teeth. Mm-hmm. Didn't she have crazy effed-up teeth? Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was a really interesting juxtaposition, how it's like they made... Her um her her features around her face and her body looked good and then she had this this grotesque mouth like yeah. it, it was just it was kind of cool and like fingernails and mm-hmm. yeah also is it just me or was the beginning of the movie where you see her and Zordon as Rangers freaking baller that was so dope that was supremely I cool I want a movie just with that I love that <laughs> yeah, yeah where it's just like the old yeah. old like prehistoric rangers the prehistoric rangers yeah. yeah that was really really interesting yeah really cool stuff. i was like whoa i didn't what expect them to go there what and she this? was the green ranger yeah making everything make sense yeah. having rita be the green ranger i don't know i thought that was great it is yeah genius that's uh, another run that i need to keep carrying on with i have it i know you do <laughs> i have all of it but i have to i have to carry on with my tmnt yeah that's a higher, a slightly higher priority. Even though I would say I'm a bigger Power Rangers fan as There's far also, as nostalgia goes, I'm a bigger TMNT fan because I think the writing, Kevin, it's East, stronger. Kevin, Kevin Eastman, it's stronger. It's just yeah. Uh, the lore they're is also stronger. doing another series called Go Go Power Rangers. Oh really? And it's the, uh, it's like the origin. So it's like the very beginning, because you know how the. The current one starts after Tommy joins their team. Mm-hmm. This one is like the very beginning of the. But but it's not. We're not that far into it. Tommy hasn't become the White Ranger yet. No. And they're already doing one that takes place back before Tommy joined. Yeah, when they first get their powers. So what's it gonna do? Is it, is it gonna catch up and just make up for lost time? I think it's a like I think at this point it's like a mini series. Okay, that so okay, like, that's cool. It's doing a catch up to that point, and then it's going to stop. That's cool. Oh yeah. yeah. Okay. That that makes sense. I was gonna say, what are they gonna do when they get to the point where Tommy's they're, there? Because they're both doing it. Like they're both going at the same time. So okay. the main one is still going. Uh, the last trade that I read dealt with the whole. There was like a dark ranger thing going on, and it's 
Tommy from like an alternate future who became evil. That sounds uh, great. Yeah, and so he like he oh, like, that's really comic booky. I like. Yes, that. it's very comic. Yeah, book-y. it's super comic booky. Um. So yeah, so the sequel is set in motion. For those who do not know, at the end of the first one, they hinted heavily at Tommy joining the cast, either as a bad guy in the first one, or we do not know, but it was uh, they had his jacket. You see the empty seat, right? Empty seat with a green jacket, uh, and then the guy's calling his last name. Tommy, or uh, Oliver Tommy. Yeah. yeah. Or Oliver Thomas, yeah. Yeah. So that's there. Uh, oh, that's so cool. I'm excited that this is actually getting a sequel because there was the, there was the, it didn't make a lot. I think it, it made, it made budget. So that way it didn't underperform, but it didn't like super overperform. Mm-hmm. And I think that made people question if there was going to be a second one at all. I thought the marketing was pretty weak for that movie. It was. Like, no, like they well, had a great my, product on their hands. My problem is. Kids, attraction and stuff, and they didn't really play up to it. Yeah, I think what they need to do with this next one, and this is a promise that is there, but we don't know if it's going to be fulfilled, is we need more rangers. Uh, we need more rangers. We need more ranger, like the Power Rangers oh, doing stuff. Yeah. Um, this was a lot of the beginning character development training. Yeah. Like becoming this point, uh, and then we got we got five minutes of them fighting, if even five minutes. You know what I'm really um, excited about? And then we got the Zords. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm really, really excited about, though? Hmm. Is just seeing Dacre Montgomery, because I loved him so much as Billy in Stranger oh, Things. Yeah. You hate him, but you love him. He's such a piece of crap, but yeah. I freaking love that character. Dude, and especially with him and <laughs> the actor that plays Billy in Power Rangers. Yeah. I was just like, yeah, their, their chemistry is so fun to watch. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. No, I, I'm, I'm with you. Yeah, he, guys... and, he and Billy were it for me. Mm-hmm. I, I, I loved them together. Yeah. Uh, ABC is in talks for another Marvel series. Uh, currently, the only Marvel series on there is uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. So it'll be interesting to see what this is. Uh, or because they tried to do Inhumans. That failed miserably. Uh, and I don't know. I... We don't know what it is, but ABC has definitely said that they're looking into another Marvel series. Cool. Um, so I'm pretty stoked to see what that is. Uh, Shield, as everyone who listens to this podcast and has been listening to it since the beginning, they know that I'm a huge, huge Shield fan, and I recommend that series to a lot of people. I know, I know, the first season is hard to get through. And I respect and I, I can understand people who don't want to sit through the first season. But it is so good once it hits a certain point and it just doesn't go back. It keeps going. Keeps going. Keeps riding. Keeps going. Keeps going forward. Uh, WB is looking to hire James Gunn uh, after his being fired from Guardians and Marvel, uh, which is an interesting thing like for them to be trying to poach James Gunn I I guess it makes sense mm-hmm. that they think oh he made a successful movie over here he can make a successful movie for us 
uh, Disney's going to find a way to own them, too. <laughs> then they're going to kick his ass off the yeah. project. However, Marvel Studios, no Marvel Studios, a.k.a. Kevin Feige, is in talks with Disney to get James Gunn back. So, apparently, through the grapevine, I have heard this. This is all unconfirmed, but it's a lot of people have been saying it, like, in the industry, is that Kevin Feige had no clue that Disney was going to fire James Gunn. Uh, and that they did it without talking to him first. Wow. Um, which is huge because, it, I, in my opinion, I think it's the first time Disney has ever gone and done something to or has under, uh, undermined Kevin Feige without talking yeah, to him. Yeah, just stepping around him. Because the one thing that was, the, the one voice that was missing throughout all of this was Kevin Feige's. Anytime a director or someone has stepped down or been like moved off of a Marvel project, Kevin Feige has said something, he has made a statement, uh, he did not with this one. Uh, so that, that also leads me hev to hev heavily believe that <clears throat> Kevin Feige did not know this was going to happen. First of all, I know that Kevin Feige is a huge fan of James Gunn, uh, and he... He he doesn't seem like the guy who wouldn't look into someone else's past things and who they were before hiring them onto his team. Yeah. Um, and so he would have known about James Gunn's past. Uh, and so that's exciting to me that we got the main man, my boy, Kevin Feige, uh, fighting for our our... Our little boy James Gunn. Mm -hmm. Um, it's gotten to a point where Disney knows that they can't, like, if Jane or if Kevin Feige says, "Well, I'm I'm done," like I'm leaving, or if they fire him, the MCU crumbles. Yeah, the MCU. Yeah. Like, I am saying it now. It'll become the WB. The reason the WB cannot do DC movies and why it's not working is because they do not have Kevin Feige. Kevin Feige understands and loves Marvel characters. He does. He, he loves understands them. that the characters have to weave in and out of each other's yeah. storylines in a cohesive fashion, mm -hmm. or the whole thing crumbles to crap. And one, and of, that's what one of the biggest things is he respects the source material. He respects it, and I, that like, that's that's a huge difference because you have you have someone you had someone in the WB who did not, as much as he said he knew the characters, and he wanted to do his own take on the characters. He did not respect the source material. He did he did not give us a Superman that has ever been in the stories. No, Superman is sucking right now, and yeah. it's got nothing to do with Henry. Like we like we've yeah. said that a million times. Cavill isn't. He's being told what to do. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, he read one Batman comic, which was Dark Knight Returns. That's a terrible only Batman comic yeah. book to read. Seriously. I know a lot of people love that comic book. In fact, I've had so many, probably more than any other Batman comic book, I've had so many people say, you ever read Dark Knight Returns? Yeah. And I'm like... It's a good one. And I, and I just go, yeah. What do you think <laughs> of it? It's good. Yeah. Like, is it one of your favorites? Nope. Yeah. Not not even a little. <laughs> Go go and and read Hush and uh, Long Halloween and come back 
Yeah. Re- rethink your life and come back. Yeah. <laughs> it's so Jeff Loeb you, does my Batman best. Yeah. I, I've decided Jeff Jeff Loeb, uh, Chuck Dixon, and I really do like. Um, why am I forgetting? I do not know. Well, you know, so here I was going to say Grant Morrison because he did he did some really great stuff, but he is more he is kind of hit and miss. Yeah, uh, I like Scott Snyder. I like Snyder too, but then again, he pushes things in a weird direction. <laughs> well, Morrison's going to push stuff in the weird direction. Yeah. That's all Grant Morrison does. Grant Morrison Let's... was the first to give us a weird Joker, and then Scott yeah. Snyder had the weird Joker cut his face off. Yes, so. <laughs> Yeah, it started off with like cutting the tongue down the yeah. center. Yeah. Do you remember so the 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 first scene That was um, in Batman R.I.P., right? Yeah. yeah. So there's a scene, not the first scene. There's a there's a scene in Batman R.I.P. where Joker he cuts his tongue in half like like a snake mm-hmm. and then it doesn't even bleed very much. That's the really stupid part. But anyways, that's a minor detail. There's a really hilarious part where I, th- I believe the guy's name is William Hurt, who is trying to mm-hmm. destroy Batman. Yeah. And my friend Paul told me he believes that character is Satan. I don't know if that's actually in the comic. I read it as Satan and when, I, when I was reading, like as the devil basically trying to do whatever he can to cut ba- the Batman down. Um, and it, it made it interesting for me. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that was the intention that Morrison had. Morrison has a lot of religious allegory in his stuff, but I don't know. I I can't say. I don't remember. Yeah, but there's a great part. So reading it as that was the case, mm-hmm. there's a part where where uh, Heard is talking about how he's going to destroy the Batman, and the Joker laughs in his face like, you're, like you're, no, you can't bring down the Batman. Yeah. Everyone knows that now. Like, even, even the Joker now, he doesn't, like, the Joker gave up, decades ago wanting to kill Batman. Yes. In, in the past few decades, it's been about toying with him. Yeah. And I love that the Joker just laughs at that character. So that's mm-hmm. that's one thing about Batman R.I.P. that I loved. It's one of the stand-up moments of why, what made me like Grant Morrison so much. Mm-hmm. Well, Grant now, Morrison also brought us dick bats. <laughs> he did. Oh, yes. yeah. That, and that, and that's great. He also remembers that Jason Todd For those who dyed do his hair. Know. Jason Todd had red hair. Yeah. And there's a, a there's a scene in there where, uh, in one of the uh, issues, I believe it's in Batman and Robin, where you see that Jason's hair dye is coming off. And yeah. it's like, oh, my gosh, what a cool little Easter egg to put in yeah. there. So Grant's really smart. Yeah. But For those who do not know, I was definitely referring to Richard Grayson Batman. Dick uh, Bats. Uh, for that name. So... If you think I'm talking about something else, get your mind out of the gutter. <laughs> and uh, I'm talking about Nightwing Batman. Where uh, the crap were we going? I forget. <laughs> oh, uh, Zack Snyder doesn't respect uh, source material. Yes. Um, and we see that with, and like I'll say it, like freaking Aquaman. Like, Permission to come aboard. They will not give us the stoic, like, I will put you in the ground. Like if you if you freaking cross me, mm-hmm. like give us give us a character, and I I brought this up to a friend of mine who, once again, uh, AJ, um, he was talking about like he's excited for the Aquaman, he's pumped for this bro Aquaman, yeah. And I one of his one of his favorite Marvel characters is Namor, and I said it'd be like if they made Namor a bro. That's exactly what this is. Because Namor and Aquaman are essentially the same characters, except that Aquaman is less of a dick. 
Mm. Like that is that is a whole point of his character. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as soon as I said that, that's when he understood my like my feelings about this with Aquaman. Yeah, uh, I have loved Aquaman since the '90s, the early 2000s. I say that now that I think about it. That's not true because I was born in the '90s. I have loved, <laughs> I loved '90s Aquaman when I went back and reread it. Uh, but I loved him the the first time that I ever found out I loved him was in the the comic Justice by Alex Ross. And oh gosh, the art in that so incredible. remiss of me not yeah. to have read that. I love Alex Ross. Yeah. Anything you need to read that. Did Wade soon- write that or did Ross do it by himself? Ross doesn't write at all, does he? I think it's like Joe Kroger or something like that. It wasn't Mark Wade still? No, he did Kingdom Come, but he didn't do Justice. Okay. Uh, but there's a scene where, so the whole thing with Justice is that the villains essentially win. and Nice little mouth croak there. Yes, yes. That's hilarious. The villains essentially win, and the heroes uh, have fallen, and it's a really cool... I I remember it was a one two volume, and I remember on the first volume it was all the heroes, mm-hmm. and the second volume was all the villains. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, uh, that artwork is, it's like, oh my god. Yeah, it's really good. Uh, but they they're Hair like I'm raising up on my they've, arms thinking they've about it. killed Aquaman, and they're like doing like a brain surgery kind of thing, like trying to like dissect him essentially, and the dude just like heals, and that's when I found out I was like, oh, Aquaman freaking heals himself like he has healing powers and like he just heals and then it just starts kicking all their butts Mm -hmm. and you find out that he was essentially put to death so that way he could infiltrate uh and take them out from the inside um and he just whoops he whoops all the butt uh (laughs) he kicks he kicks butt so and jason momoa has all the power in himself to be that Aquaman. He has all that power, and which is why I was excited until Justice League when I went, this is just Surfer Bro Aquaman. And then this whole trailer was just Surfer Bro Aquaman. I thought he was going to be like, like, toughy. I thought he was going to be Khal Drogo from Game of Thrones, which is his character in Game of Thrones. And we didn't get that. We didn't get that at all. But, so, once again, respect for the source material. Kevin Feige has it. If anyone could get James Gunn back, I believe it's him to get back onto Guardians 3. And then, last but not least, I'm sad to say that Stan Lee will not be making any more public appearances. Um, he is definitely getting up there in age. I think yeah. he's like 96. Uh, so we, if you were ever wanting to get Stan Lee's autograph, um, those days are behind you unless you somehow find him. Uh Randomly on the streets, but he will not be coming to any more comic cons. No conventions or that. No guy. conventions. Uh, I don't think he's doing like talk show stuff. He's not doing interviews or stuff like that. It's a bummer, but I mean, he's ninety six. Ninety six. The dude is a legend. I know there's whole like stuff about him with stealing ideas. Uh, but he wrote he wrote comics that define generations. Yeah, and. A lot of the a lot of the idea the so called ideas he stole there's no concrete evidence it's a lot of it's a lot of like suggestions and little vague nuances here and there yeah. he has he has a lot of his own 
details yes. in there. I understand kind of, like someone told me that, uh, gosh, I cannot remember the name of the group. They were a very unpopular DC uh, team back in the day that he uh, supposedly he ripped X-Men off from. And I was like, okay. And I went and Googled it. And I was like, I've never heard of this before. So clear, clear, oh, clear, So clearly if it was a massive failure and X-Men blew up, then he did something right. That doesn't that doesn't just happen by luck. Yeah, because DC is huge. It is it isn't like they didn't have the 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 funding or you know something else. It was clearly Stan Lee had a better he had a better take. Yeah, and I I think that I cannot remember they, the name of, they, the, of those. They do it all the time. Yeah, uh, I mean right now there's the Terrifics, which a lot of that looks like. The Fantastic Four. Well, if you want to talk ideas, you know who, what, which one came first for you know DC or Marvel? Yeah. Um, didn't Aquaman come out after Namor? Correct. Yeah. So, it, you know, it goes both ways. Yeah. As far as like you know DC Marvel mm-hmm. and Stan Lee, I think had a lot of great ideas, and you know I, what I thought was pretty cool. Actually, what proved to me um, how smart he was was when he picked like uh, five to ten characters. That he would have reinterpreted had had they been Marvel characters, not DC. Mm-hmm. Like he he went like one was Batman, and then there was uh, I think he did Martian Manhunter. I think he did a few others, and like he renamed these characters, like gave gave them mm-hmm. different uh, civilian identities and gave them different occupations, and he was describing you know differences in their their lifestyles and stuff, mm-hmm. and their powers. He even he, he even changed some of that up. It was kind of cool. He, so he really is a deep thinker. I don't yeah. I don't understand people saying that. Oh, Stanley is just, uh, uh, what's the word? A theft artist, or you know, just uh, no. And I think I think it, it's different than a person who plagiarized. Stanley, I I don't think Stanley ever plagiarized. What he would do is someone would say an idea and Stanley would enhance and make that idea better and then it would be credited to him. And so that happened with Spider-Man. Stanley created Peter Parker, but Steve Ditko created Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Um, and But what you have there is Peter Parker enhances the Spider-Man character. You do not have Spider-Man without Peter Parker. Yes. Uh, and so... In all intents and purposes, it is co-created by Stanley and Steve Ditko, mm-hmm. but Stanley created the character, um, and I think that was a lot of what happened with Jack Kirby and Stanley. Is Jack as Jack Kirby, who legend is a legend of an artist. He has he has created and he has illustrated some of the best uh, in the in the field. I think what happens there is since Stanley is he's super charismatic, super charismatic. He knows how to create stories. He knows how to write. He knows how to create characters, and so he would develop and create these characters. And he's a showboater, and so it's like these are my characters. And it's like Jack Kirby's there. And he's like, well, no, there are characters. Um, and it's it's kind of like that, but it was never the whole Bill Finger Bob, Bob Kane situation where Bob Kane was like, "No, this is my character." Stanley always like acknowledged Jack Kirby, 
like Jack Kirby was there. His name is on stuff. He was not a nobody. He lived a very successful life, in my opinion. Oh yeah, Kirby um, was Kirby wasn't given a life like Bill Finger, where no. it's like totally no. It's like screw you, get away, you yeah. know, basically. Uh, and so, I I I get the people that say his ideas weren't super original, but I would actually say like his original ideas were like the Human Torch, Namor. Captain America, it's those are ideas and characters. Peter, Peter Parker, yeah, that's a great yeah. character. The Fantastic Four, timeless. Like those are those are incredible characters. Speaking of incredible, didn't he create the Hulk? I think so. Yeah. So yeah. All right. I mean, he created. I'm pretty sure he created the original Avengers. So Thor, Iron Man. I don't know. I I think he's a legend. It's it's too bad. I just saw an Instagram post that was pretty cool. It was with him and Todd McFarlane. Yeah. And Stan was holding up a sign that said, "Why is he here?" that's awesome uh so moving on to our main subject our main attraction uh we're here to talk to you about our top five our top five origin stories Mm -hmm. um and i think this is a really fun one um and i'm excited so what is your number five origin story so it might surprise you. Maybe it, maybe it won't. Uh, this is my number five, uh, Batman. Okay. So I'm actually only putting Batman in my top five because of how exposed it is. I mean, yes. when someone's origin story is that well-known, I can't say mm-hmm. that it's not one of the best because clearly it set up so many movies, and it's such a part of... Batman is such a part of American pop culture mm-hmm. in a way that most superheroes just never could be. Yeah. And everyone knows Bruce Wayne's parents were killed in front of him when he was a kid. Yeah. And when you when you look at that explanation, what he became makes perfect sense. That he's It's well reasoned in that universe in a, in a fictional universe. It's totally probable. It makes mm-hmm. sense. Yeah. Other other characters origin stories don't make sense to me. And I'm fine with that. I can I can enjoy the fiction and be like, eh, kind of a whatever. That explanation's kind of lame, but I'll read the story because the character's dope. But Batman had a good origin story. I'm, yeah. I'm I believe that that's a good explanation mm-hmm. of how Bruce Wayne came to be Batman. Sweet. Uh, my fifth is actually Captain America's. I love the idea of someone who. Who never gives up mm-hmm. and is in a sense rewarded with that. Um, for those who do not know, Captain America's origin is that he was scrawny. He wasn't accepted by the milita- military, uh, but there was a scientist who was willing to give him a, uh, a chance at uh, becoming a, su- a super soldier. And that's where the whole super soldier serum, all that came from. Um, and it was enhanced even more with the movie. I think the movie uh, Captain America First Agen- Avenger uh, did an incredible job. Beautiful origin story. With his origin. And watching it again, that movie actually ramps up in in rating for me. Like, going back and rereading and understanding Captain America's story even more, I really, really enjoy that first movie. Um even more than the other times I had watched it. Yeah. Uh, but yes, that is my number five. I just I love that story of just a 
a little a little dude who you know wants to be more and not so much like I want to be the strongest but I want to help as much as I can mm-hmm. and he's given that chance he wants to be better um and that is something that sticks through him as as he goes through the comics he doesn't become that strong muscular like hunk of a dude and then goes uh yeah so now I'm the strongest it's like he keeps that personality keeps that character of i want to do what's best for everyone when he dies on the grenade yeah oh yeah in the movie yeah yeah no it's it's a steve it's pretty good pretty good so your number four my number four is teenage mutant ninja Ninja Turtles. turtles um yeah i just i always loved their origin story as a kid i thought it was just you know the secret of the ooze, the the second movie. I, mm-hmm. I always I always liked it, um, but getting into the comics and the new Kevin Eastman run, I thought it was way more well explained. And that's the origin story that I'm referring to. Yeah, where it's a group of children and their dad who were slain by um, uh, what's it, Orokusaki. Mm-hmm. Who, where in in the movie, it was uh, and, and and I believe cartoon as well. Although I don't remember them going much into Splinter and Shredder's backstory the in, the, in the cartoon. More, it was really campy. Yeah, it was really just surface like fighting and ah, yeah. and the foot. Oh, Ugh, but yeah. but back but in in the Eastman comic book, the foot was a clan in in Japan and Orokusaki uh, uh, who. Of course, later we find out it becomes spoilers reincarnated as the Shredder. Um, it's kind of the same with. Uh, gosh, I said it. I said it wrong. I, I like that there's this whole reincarnation aspect and how they introduce some uh, Asian folklore mm-hmm. into the mix to make it even more fantasy. Yeah, I I like that aspect. It's really and, cool. And so all the anyways. Long story short, all the turtles were once. Um, uh, Homato Yoshi's kids and Homato mm-hmm. Yoshi is Splinter. Okay. So I just I I like it's that, really cool. Yeah, it just it's just it's a more it's it's imaginative, but it also explains the story more. Yeah. And and that's to me the the big thing for origin stories is like okay, how much does this pull me in uh, to the to the characters or or is is the origin story kind of ridiculous? Mm-hmm. Um, and. Like I said, I liked the movie origin story as a kid, mm-hmm. but now as an adult, I enjoy reading the comics more than watching uh, the two sequels. I still love the first movie, but um, I now enjoy watching or reading the comics more than watching the sequels because just the ooze, the secret of the ooze, it's kind of it, there, there's something that's not all there, mm-hmm. and the ooze is still part of. Um, it's still part of the mythology. It's how they mutate. It's how they mutate, but what they are, yeah, and how they got there. Their characters and personalities. Yeah, there's a there's a spiritual side to it that's part of Asian folklore. Yeah, that's really cool. Um, and also, I just I love that the per- the turtles have perfectly different personalities from one another, and they're just yeah. so complimentary. And their relationship with Splinter, it's just it's a special. It's the the TMNT universe has a special zip code in comic book history. Yes. It's yeah. its own thing, totally its own thing. Mm-hmm. Love TMNT. Yeah, same with Transformers. 
Yeah, uh, and that, which I don't know anything really about. It's besides crazy. the uh, was it the Autobots and Decepticons? Uh, Decepticons, yeah. yeah. Uh, for me, my number four um, is actually Swamp Thing. Nice. Uh, Alan, uh, especially God, when I they explained it even more in Alan Moore's Swamp Thing. Um, it's this guy named Alan, and essentially his wife and him were working on this ex- like plant experiment uh, that some gangsters came he owed them money and uh kind of blew up his his uh his lab in which he catches on fire and the chemical and the experiment they were using like bonds with him mm-hmm. and he like dies in the swamp and essentially becomes one with uh they call it uh an elemental and so he becomes the swamp elemental, so he still has the spirit of Alan in him, right? Um, but that is that is entirely gone. Um, but that spirit manifests itself into this green earth elemental, uh, which is Swamp Thing. Um, and it's just a really cool like horror aspect. Like instead of taking that and becoming, you know, uh, like the thing from the Black Lagoon, of just like this gruesome like horrible creature or becoming a slasher type thing he becomes a creature that wants to do good but is horrifying to look at um and it's just it's a really cool um character development i really like it and especially with alan moore like it just develops even more from there uh and it's it's really fun and Mm -hmm. i i highly recommend but it's it's to me it's it stands out as one of my favorite origins. Yeah, that's really cool. I I like how dark and it it's kind of there's kind of a, a gruesomeness yeah. to to Swamp Thing and yeah. uh I don't know I, I I like Alan Moore as a writer too and I've been really compelled by all the things you've had to say about mm-hmm. how excited how how excited you were yeah about Swamp Thing while reading those yeah. trades. Oh, he's he's up there as like if I had to put him on a team I would put him on a team. Yeah. It's getting to the point where I might put almost all of the Justice League Dark characters on a team because they're incredibly powerful. Really? Yeah. Like, like what, you mean like back when we were doing our super teams? Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's weird because that was a fun. That was a fun night. I had I had a dark character on there. Uh, a Justice League Dark character on there? Yeah, Constantine is Justice League Dark. Okay. Uh, pretty much anyone who's on Justice League Dark started on the Vertigo line. Mm-hmm. Um. Which was DC's like mature line that they had. Yeah, uh, that's where Preacher and Sandman all are. Um, but yeah, that's my number four. Sweet. My number three is Hal Jordan as Green Lantern. Okay. A, I like the sci-fi Green Lantern more than the idea of whatever the crap Alan Scott is. I don't the know, magic a, stuff. A witch doctor. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. Whatever. Whatever. I mean, I. I just really like the fact that the ring chooses you, mm-hmm. and I, I like the way the rings are powered with will. Yeah, um, you know the the central power about central power battery, and that's all. Um, that's all more, I guess, the mythology than Hal and Jor- than Hal Jordan's uh, origin story. But I liked that Hal found Abin Sur in the spaceship, and it's well explained why. Um, he well, at least in the reinterpretation of of Greenland and Rebirth, it's explained why Abin Sur was in a spaceship. Mm-hmm. I believe it had to do with 
his health and his you know okay. condition at the time, and basically basically not being able to power his ring, not having the gumption, and um, I I think they really set it up very beautifully that Abensur was friends with Sinestro. Mm-hmm. Who ended up mentoring <clears throat> Hal Jordan? Yeah. Who ended up becoming adversaries? Yeah. It it's really just A B C D, and mm-hmm. it's just very, very nice. And I, I I like I like the whole vibe of the Green Lantern Corps. I just think there's a very distinct, the same way Star Wars and Star Trek and um, Amory Wars have their own kind of sci-fi, Blade Runner, they all have their own kind of like unique sci-fi blend. I feel the Green Lantern Corps has its own little mark as well. Yeah. Uh, why am I, I'm wanting to say, I almost wanted to say Mordor. No. Uh, Oa? The, oh, yeah, yeah. Oa and the Guardian. Yeah, no, just just that whole, the, the, the planet and the way they train and... The oath and all mm-hmm. the, all all that lore is so rich. There's so much to it. Yeah. I used to have that all memorized, and now for me, it's kind of it's kind of hazy because I really haven't read much Green Lantern in the last ten years. It's because it hasn't been the best, but yeah, but it's it's a rich universe. Yes, you could really have a Green Lantern universe and have it be separate from the rest of the DC universe. It's a huge, it, it's it, a huge world. It kind of has gotten that way. Yeah, like whenever you read. Green Lantern stuff now, even like even now, like a lot of it does not connect to the main DC. Like it's like Green it Lantern have to. Like Green Lantern shows up when Justice League calls, but that's about it. Mm-hmm. And I think right now it's not even Hal Jordan; it's uh, Simon Baz and oh, what's her name? But there's two Green Lanterns on Earth mm-hmm. because they're both not fully equipped to deal with everything by themselves. It's kind of you know. To make a comparison, I feel it's sort of the same way with uh, Thor and Asgard. I mean, he can he can be there when the Justice or just Justice League yes. when the Avengers when the Avengers need him. But there's so much to do in the in the Thor. Oh yeah, in 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 that realm, which like, is why <laughs> I'm loving Walter Simonson's run right now because it it deals with a lot of the Asgard stuff. That's uh, my favorite stuff. Instead, instead I, I the, like that fantasy yeah. realm for Thor. Yeah, it's really good. It's like in the movie, what do we always say? The most boring part uh, of the movie when he was just stuck on Earth. Uh, <laughs> except for the very first part. Like, that's entertaining and fun. That was the great. Fish, the fish out of water stuff is great, but it's, like it just keeps going. And it's like, I wanted to see him fight frost giants. Can you please give me frost giants yep. and mythical creatures like pumas? Um, they're not mythical creatures at all. Uh, I was gonna say my third is Invincible. Uh, so there's an image comic called Invincible, and uh, I think it just ended. But I've talked about it a couple of times here. This I love the origin of this character because it has this aspect of his dad is a superhero, uh, and then at one point he becomes a superhero. Mm-hmm. And it's this whole like, oh, it's probably part of your genetic code. Like you're, this is why you're a superhero. So I'm a superhero. And you find out that it's actually his dad is part of this race, this like superior race mm-hmm. called the Vultramites, and they can breed with any species. Uh, and that species, when they become mat- like fully mature, they're 
Voltramite side essentially takes over and they become super, they get all the powers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so he gets it when I think he hits like 16 or 17. Um, and this all of a sudden, like he starts getting all his powers. Uh, you find out that his dad was sent there to uh, enslave humanity. Um, it's super insane, super in depth. Uh, I just love the idea. And they all have mustaches. All the Voltramite men have just, they have this awesome, wicked mustaches. What for, kind? Like thick ones or like thick pen, ones. pencil stash? Thick ones. Okay. Like boss. Gotcha. Like boss mustaches. Selleck mustaches? Yes. They're nice. all Tom Selleck mustaches. <laughs> it's awesome. And they're like, they're barefooted because, you know, they don't need to wear shoes. Uh, and I, it's just a really cool idea. Like he has a he has a half brother through his dad, who was part of this, uh, who is half like an insect race kind of thing, and so his brother is like six or seven, but he is he has all his powers and he's he's fully grown because in that in that race they become fully mature at like six or seven. Uh, and so it's really interesting seeing him like interact and him training his little brother and, uh, then like his mom dealing with the fact that she's like, she's in the mix of all of this as well, but she's just human. Um, and it's, it's really cool. It's really interesting. I I love the character. I love that story. Uh, and it's one that I have to really get back into. I, I know they just finished, so I'll probably get into it so that way I can finish it out. Mm -hmm. Uh, but that's always been one of my favorite uh, origin uh, stories. Cool. So my number two is Wolverine. Okay. Now, one reason why I like Wolverine's origin story so much is, well, it's almost the antithesis of Hal Jordan's where a lot of stuff has sprung on him really quickly. Mm-hmm. Wolverine might have, I dare say, the longest origin story because of him being so old. Yeah. When you look at his the Wolverine timeline, look at all the things he was before he became an X-Men. Yeah. It's a crazy long story. Yeah. And he's, what, they never really give you an exact number, do they? He's a couple hundred years old. Yeah. He's very old. So I love, I love that he went through a long time, a long timeline of all these different experiences. He was a samurai. He was a spy. A lot of other things happened to him in between, and then, of course, the Weapon X project mm-hmm. kicked in. And Weapon X is arguably my favorite Wolverine comic book of all time. And I like I like the fact that Wolverine um, never seemed to... How would I put it? I lost my train of thought on that one. <laughs> but anyways... Okay. <laughs> that's pretty weak sauce. But anyways... I like the fact that Wolverine was kind of thrust into the X-Men not really wanting to be a part of it at all. Yeah. And the fact that he ends up being basically their biggest help. Yes. He 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 ends up just doing so much for them despite not wanting to be part of it. That's what I was trying to get at. Okay. Yeah, he just he's just he does not want to be there and of course he goes in there and he ends up just kicking ass. Mhm. And Taking names, taking names. I I think I love Wolverine's tenacity as well. Um, it's it's part of what makes him one of my favorite characters. He just doesn't give up. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I just I really like the the long timeline leading up and how much there really is, how how much of a, of a full long life mm-hmm. he really had. You can't really say that for a lot of 
characters usually like the flash for instance his origin story gets struck by lightning and there's the chemicals and bam he's the flash and yeah it's a really quick kind of sloppy origin story i love the character Mm -hmm. and there's infinitely good flash stories yes but wolverine had this really rich long story you know he wasn't born with the adamantium claws a lot of people don't even know that yeah um he was a samurai. A lot of people don't know that. He was a spy. I don't know. It makes the character more interesting to me because he isn't just some hothead with adamantium claws. He's He had a long um, history of loves that he lost mm-hmm. and things like that there's just there's a lot to him and you understand you come going through back through his origin you can understand why he is the why, why, why the way he, he is. why he is the way he is yeah yeah that personality so Wolverine's my number two nice uh well mine is spider-man uh and which is probably no surprise to anyone but it's not so much the it's more of the Peter Parker. Peter Parker, his origin story of just being bullied all through his life, uh, but being super intelligent, having no parents, living with his with his great aunts, essentially, like mm-hmm. his great aunt and great uncle. Um, where I I have friends who have kind of grown up with that. Uh that they were mis like they were displaced in society just because they were not the same as everyone else. They were not into the same stuff that everyone else was. Uh, but then having that responsibility added to him um, of being bit mm. uh, and getting these powers, and it's a lot different than the Sam Raimi movie makes it out to be uh, in the comics. In the comics, it is not his fault that Uncle Ben dies. What, yeah, they what, really made that yeah. what, blow out in the movie. What Peter puts on himself, though, is Peter Parker was, like, he was not there to stop it. He could have. In the comics, what happens is there's a home invasion while he's away. Uh, they still have the whole wrestling stuff thing and that he's doing all of that, but the home invasion happens while he's doing that and he's not at home, like essentially protecting his great aunt and his great uncle. And I keep saying that, even though it's Aunt May, that she is not. (laughs) There is no way she is his normal aunt. I will defend that to this day. Maybe in the Ultimate Comics she is, but Aunt May. Have they ever said great Aunt May, though? No. You're just saying it would have to be. It would have to be. She's like 80. Yeah. She's 80-something, and he's like 16. Yeah. Oh, I know. Like, ugh. It's weird. You know who's not 80? Marissa Tomei. Marissa Tomei, yeah. which I super enjoy, and I think that's that was the best decision ever. You know who uh, else liked it? Tony Stark. Tony Stark. <laughs> and every other straight male. Uh, no, um, I don't know where I was going with that. Oh, it, he just wasn't home, and he put it on himself, and that's when, before that, he was trying to make a profit off of Spider-Man. He was trying to... Like, he was trying to sell his web. He was trying to, uh, he went on a couple of TV shows for a while and made them make out checks to Spider-Man. And, like, they're like, we can't do that. And he's like, oh, well, I guess I can't do this then. Uh, So he tried making a profit. He tried using it for that way. But once his uncle died and he he caught his uncle's killer, it was this whole thing of, I have a duty. Like, and that's the whole, with great power comes great responsibility. 
Peter Parker, that's never said to him that that is definitely a line out of the Sam Raimi movies. Um, but it that's why I love the first two Sam Raimi movies is because he understood who Peter Parker and Spider-Man was as a character. Um, and that was really important. And I think that scene, as much as like it doesn't, uh, like it has nothing to do with the source material, the fact that he causes that through his like goofing around is really powerful and impactful. Um, it's one of my favorite scenes. Um, that does add more. It does yeah. actually make it a more make the story have a more emotional weight. Yes, uh, and especially like since he's like when Ben dies in his arms, blah blah blah. Mm. Uh, I love that movie. Um, it holds up. Yes, it really holds yeah. up. Uh, like, that Green Goblin suit is dope. Oh, it's so good. It's so cool. It's so good. And it's glider. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was my number two. Um, my number one is Superman. Okay. And we went through his origin story yeah. last week, so I don't think I need to say a ton. Mm-hmm. But just to recap, I like that his origin story is non-changing. Mm-hmm. I like that his origin story is very heavily sci-fi related. Um, I love the fact that uh, it's established that he can do basically whatever he wants, but he doesn't. Yeah, I like. I just I like that. I like the fundamentals of Superman's character a lot, and that was made a big, that w- that was made a very important deal from the beginning. Yeah, that it, that I do consider Superman's character almost part of his origin story because yeah, it has to. It, be. Yeah, I mean, it was it was kind of what you know, Pa Kent mm-hmm. taught him, and yeah. that's, and that's the latter part of his origin story. There's there's the Jor El and 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 uh, Lara, but there's also you know Mom Pa Kent. Mm-hmm. And I think um, the the movie changed it a little bit because in the movie he he also felt, kind of felt guilty that he was using his powers to show off, and it, I think when he realized he couldn't use any sort of power to save his dad, it made him feel like he was <sighs> guilt. You know, you know. They, so they changed something. Wait, which movie are you talking? The about? very first. Superman. Okay, okay, that one I'm fine with because that's the heart attack one. Oh damn it. <laughs> no, no, not the Kevin Costner death. That's uh, that's one of the worst. No, that's no. one of the worst interpretations of any hero origin on screen, in my opinion. Because yeah. Superman, it, it was supposed to be that he couldn't save his dad. Yes, and I liked that in the in the story he couldn't in the original story that he couldn't deal with the fact that his powers could not ever get help him get his dad back. Yeah, I liked that. Um, it's getting back to what we said. Even though he's not a human, he he really is at his core. Yes, he he he's very much a, a humanitarian. Yes. Um, but no, I just I just love everything about Superman's origin story. I think I think it's that's a big part of why I like him. Mm-hmm. On top of the cool, you know, villains like Brainiac and Lex, mm-hmm. it, that helps. <laughs> but mostly his origin story. Yeah, for me, it's a uh, surprising Green Arrow. I. Have like the CW version? Oh my good lord! Um, you know what? That's not Laurel. The Laurel, <laughs> but that's not actually the worst. His or- origin story in Arrow is actually really good, um, and it just it exemplifies 
the comics. Yeah, it really it's wasn't. It's literally that bad. everything other than the origin story that was really bad. Like as they did flashbacks. I'm talking about that too much. I don't want to talk about that. Uh, <laughs> getting to the actual Green Arrow storyline is Oliver Queen is a playboy, like silver spoon fed. His parents had a company. Um, super successful. Essentially, he crashes while he's on a cruise uh, on on this island. Um, and then while he's there, he gets trained um, and has to survive on his own. And when he comes back, it's he has this whole different mentality of the wealth are squandering their money and there are people who need it more. Um, he becomes essentially, essentially the modern-day Robin Hood. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why he wears... His outfit, his original outfit, is very Robin Hood esque with the, with the. Uh, with I the always cap. forget the name of that cat. There's a name um, for that kind of cap. Is, oh, probably I don't know it. But he has the cap. He has the tights. He has the quiver with the uh, arrows in it. Yeah, he has the quiver, and then he also has the um, the tunic. But the reason he used the arrow and he's really good at it is because when he survived on the island, that is his main source of that was his main weapon was using that. Right. Uh, and I believe they've added to that origin many times. It's not really changed, but, like, there were different kinds of, like, there was other Asian nationalities that were there that, like, trained him in the ways of, like, martial arts and stuff like that. Um, I think that's where, that's when they deal in the whole, like, Connor Hawk stuff, that he had a kid with someone else. Uh, and... I don't know. I really like that origin story. I think it's just a really savage and brutal story uh, that shows a Green Arrow um, who is originally super campy. Like, his character is super campy. Uh, And I know that the CW very, like, heavily took from the Grell Grell, uh, side of things when um, he started writing Green Arrow. But even in that, Green Arrow never actually... The, you don't actually see him killing someone, whereas with CW, they have him killing people right off the bat. So. Well, in the uh, in, in the old <clears throat> Denny O'Neill comics, he actually in, unintentionally kills someone, and he denounces being Green Arrow for a while. Yeah. Green Lantern right. has to get him to come back, dude. Yeah. So, yeah, having him mindlessly kill people is pretty sloppy writing. Yes. I agree. Yeah. Uh, so that's my number one. Cool. Uh, I love his. I love his origin. I've always wanted to get more into the character. Uh, he's always been a fascinating character to me. Uh, the Green Arrow. Yeah, I like him. Um. So that is it. Do you have any favorite recent reads? I've had zero time this week to read yeah. anything. Sadly, I haven't even picked up my book, my Stephen King book. Okay. Um. For me, uh, I read a lot, and I would actually say I saw your stack. Mm-hmm. Uh. I would actually say that I read Hellboy, um, the first volume of Hellboy, and it's really good. Uh, the first movie actually does a lot that's in that first volume. Oh, really? Um, so it's kind yeah, of... So like that whole, the whole, uh, what's his face, Rasputin, he's the one that brings Hellboy into the universe with his summoning thing, and that like it's he's here for a purpose, and... Uh, he has the seed things that turn into those like frog like creatures that like can poison people and stuff like that. And that whole stuff is in it. The only difference is I'm guessing there's going to like the 
Rasputin's side characters, his henchmen, like the woman and, uh, oh, I forget his name. The guy looks like Valdo from um, Soul Calibur, but he's the guy with the the blades Mm -hmm. that kills his dad. Um, His dad dies almost immediately in the comics. Like, and he gets killed by one of the frog things. Um, And there's less, they don't have the relationship between him and Elizabeth in the comics. Okay. Uh, And Abe at this point is still like a very like secret character that they're, they're doing stuff with, but he's, he seems really cool, but they haven't done too much with him. Okay. Um, but it was really fun. It was really cool. I'm excited for... Uh, I'm definitely going to get more into the series. I'm going to add Hellboy to my list be- be- uh, behind Swamp Thing. No, okay, Swamp Thing. Yeah, yeah, well, TMNT I've read quite a bit of still, but yeah, for for new titles that are like new to me that I haven't read, yeah. I'm going to do Swamp Thing and Hellboy. It's really good. It's really good. I've heard nothing good about the, the Prime Hellboy stuff. Yeah. Or, Pardon me. I've heard nothing but good things about Prime Hellboy. So, Yeah, so that is it for this week. Thank you for listening. Thank you. Uh, We'll catch you next time. Take care.